Betsy and Thomas here for the American Intelligence Media. Of course, that's Tyler and Douglas Gabriel, and we're with Michael McKibben. And today's topic is social media. Surprise, surprise, mm. Michael. And the reason that we're making this our big topic today, and we hope we hope we can count on you patriots out there listening to help us get the word out. If you remember a few weeks ago when Trump met with uh, the social media creators, the, the one person that was obviously not there was Michael McKibben of Leader Technologies. And of course, we all know Michael here at the American Intelligence Media for his amazing work in creating the scalability that we all experience in the internet and which everyone in that room with Donald Trump that day takes advantage of. That's correct. There were a lot of people there, and it, 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 what we don't know is how many of these people don't know the real story. So uh, we have to believe a lot of them are misinformed. Uh, some of them aren't misinformed and know that they've stolen, they're using stolen technology. Uh, but um, across the board, a lot of people began asking me, why weren't you invited? And I said, well, I don't know why we weren't invited, but I'm not sure I wanted to stand in the room with a hundred people. All of you, all were using stolen technology. Well, really, I mean, let's be quite frank about it. You are the big wig of the big wigs. They just choose not to call out your invention. In fact, right. they stole your invention. The government stole your invention through their right. agents. And then they used it to weapon, they weaponized it as a surveillance tool, which will eventually become a control mechanism. Like I was at the grocery store, ladies. You know how it is. You go up there, you want your discount, you've got to give your phone number. Okay, so they know where I am. They also know what I purchased. Then I go over and get gas. Oh, got to get my phone number again. I mean, I'm tracked all day long. And I've never really thought about it being tracked like that until I met Michael and realized that the tracking really is going to ultimately lead to where the Uyghur people are, and to control of my life. And this is not acceptable. So Trump says he was going to do something about it. And since that meeting, well, it's just gotten worse out here. Yes, and what I noticed was that the people that were in the room were the very people who we are very, very aware of in the public had been censored for being conservatives, had been squelched, had been shadow banned, had been, of course, demonetized some time ago. People who were actually creating alternative uh, journalism, they were demonetized, and it's an attack. And now it's an attack overtly upon politicians who are Republicans, upon MAGA. It's an attack on the president's own Twitter. So the people in the room really weren't having a summit, in my opinion. They were simply called there to be recognized that they were the people who filed their complaints with the president's system that he made available. Uh, 16,000 uh, complaints uh, were made at one point, up, uh, up to one point that I knew of perhaps many more. So those were the people who were in the room, the people who had actually been knocked off uh, the internet and had to fight to come back, the people who had been, you know, their whole life work was just completely extinguished in a moment. But what did he do? He said that in three to four weeks, he's going to meet with the Silicon Valley, um, I like to call them cyber warlords, but the Sil Silicon Valley bigwigs in social media, and then he's going to do something. I speculate that what he's going to do is what we have given to him as a suggestion through the many avenues that we have approached to get this to the president, including boxes and boxes and boxes of the Miller Act stating that leader technology should be paid for what was stolen from them. And the people who stole it will be the people in the second meeting. That will be the Silicon Valley cardboard cutout idiots 
pigs, I like to call them, because they have stolen, stolen, stolen from the inventors and the creators, and particularly leader, leader technology. And what have they done with it? They've made themselves billionaires and they've paid no taxes and they're basically um, enemies of the United States of America. So what's he going to show them? He's going to show them what Michael can explain, which is basically there was an idea that was created by the people at Leader Technologies and some of their shareholders and others, which was to simply say to Trump, hey, look, they stole this original source code, but we own it. <laughs> and if you owned it or you, you could control it, you could control Silicon Valley. How does that work, Michael? Yeah, the Miller Act notice, the Miller Act was passed by Congress. And it was a way for people who contract with the federal government to get paid when the government has received the benefit of their service and not been paid. And it's got two tiers. It's got the primary tier for the subcontractor, and it's got a secondary tier for the subcontractors to the contractor. And so consequently, both the company and me and our shareholders have all submitted Miller Act notices to the White House. And the reason we sent it to the White House is because in our uh, deep research into what happened and when our technology was stolen, we, we began to see that the order to steal it came out of the White House uh, during the Clinton administration. And therefore, the Miller Act calls for you to put the notice to the agency that received the benefit. Well, in our case, it was the executive branch that stole the technology and then distributed it to the the Silicon Valley folks and others uh, in through the uh, IBM Eclipse Foundation in 2000, starting in 2001. So we now can see when it happened, who did it, why they did it, and the Miller Act notice is specifically identifying those facts and identifying the contracting officers as our former patent attorney, who we determined later, his name is James P. Chandler III, who we then have learned since, was advising the, uh, the Department of Defense Office of Net Assessment and a warmonger by the name of um, uh, Marshall, of uh, Andrew, Marshall. Andrew W. Marshall, uh, and also our first director, Major General James E. Freeze, who we have just recently discovered through FOIA um, uh, notices uh, and publishing of documents by the NSA, was the creator of Echelon, which was the original mass surveillance that began occurring on Americans after World War II. So a part of the Miller Act notice is to identify who the officers of the government were that organized the, uh, the theft. And so uh, people ask me sometimes, well, did you have a contract? Well, thieves don't usually issue contracts on the things that they steal, for one. So in a, you're never going to get a contract. Secondly, that's not the point. In contract law, if another person has received the benefit of your property and has not paid you, whether or not you had a contract, uh, especially in the case where they stole it, uh, then uh, they still owe you the money. Now, in the case of the people that you mentioned, Douglas, that were there several weeks ago, are many of the people that have been the targets of a lot of this uh, mass censorship that's going on. And um, as, as strongly as we have been working to educate the public, I'm sure not everyone 
in the social field that's using the technology realizes that they're using stolen property. And we, we realize that. And so the Miller Act notice makes a proposal that uh, in the process of, of the government compensating our shareholders for 18 years now of free use of our technology, uh, we are, uh, I lost my train of thought. Well, let me ask you a question. They will argue that you're not entitled to it because it's not a thing, that you only get your money in this case if it's an actual physical property. Yeah. Those are attorneys trying to fool the public. Property is property. Whether it's a physical property or an intellectual property, it's a property. Now, what we've seen in the last 20 or 30 years in this corrupt legal system we have is that attorneys have been working mightily to redefine intellectual property as something other than real property or physical property. But no, that's not property law. The, the, the protection of patents was written into the U.S. Constitution. And so what we've seen in the last 20, 30, 40, 50 years is very tricky lawyers attempting to muddle the question of property. But uh, if we go back um, about uh, over 100 years, uh, Justice Marshall actually said patents are property. And once you have a property issued to you by the federal government in the form of a patent, that is a property right as, as real as you getting a deed to a piece of property. In fact, it is a deed. A patent is a deed. Uh, so various inventors who have also been stolen from, whom, with whom I'm in contact, uh, are, have discovered this uh, very clear statement of property rights for inventors. And uh, the interesting thing is one patent holder has been identifying this martial uh, opinion that patents are property and cannot be rescinded once they're, they've been given. So why this is important for all patriots out here is because this is a theft by the government. And until this theft is rectified and law and order is brought back into Washington, and I don't know if it was ever there, but that no entrepreneur or creator who has an idea or creation is safe in America. Correct. It can be stolen. It was James Chandler and General Freeze acting really as representatives of uh, the U.S. government who stole this intellectual property, who stole your trade secrets, who stole th this IP, and then to the uh, and then gave it to the IBM Eclipse Foundation, and then they made up the lie that they just magically fairies delivered the source code from some digital heaven, and then they shared it with all of the different social media people who needed it to become scalable on a global level. So. What we're talking about here is a lot of these people, like you say, who are there in the Oval Office with the president, they don't know that. But we certainly know that the top dogs in all of the social media, whether it's, uh, whether it's uh, YouTube, whether it's uh, Gmail or Google or Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or any of them, they all have stolen IP. So you want to give a, an agreement to the president so he would control that IP so that he could control them. Right. That's where I was going with yes, that, and that Yes, and that brings up the other question to answer with it, is that people are fearful that if Trump gets this, that if he became a dictator, it would work against us. Hmm. Okay, so let's talk about the rights. Right now, the entire world is using stolen property and enjoying stolen property. So the question is, how uh, do... How, what kind of arrangement can we make to make everybody legal? Secondly, we are also seeing that the people, the thieves, are using the power that 
has been created by the theft to censor uh, free speech. And so what the question is, how can we fix that? Now, on the one hand, if you assume they all have the rights to do it, then, then President Trump has this huge mess of, of trying to figure out a way to bring all these people in the line. And they're talking about RICO charges, which is racketeering. They're talking about monopoly charges. And we've seen that in history. That doesn't work. Because all, all that happens in, in monopoly charges is the monopoly's broken up and then the same people buy up the stock in the broken up companies and they eventually reconstitute their monopoly. So what we have proposed is something different. In one fell swoop, we can, we can uh, license the exclusive rights to the use of our property to the president. And he can then turn around and then dictate to the thieves how they are going to conduct themselves in the future. He'll all at once. A, he'll have a user agreement for them. A master user agreement for them. And he will tell them how they're going to operate at that point. So to your point about, um, uh, well, what if he abuses it? Well, think about it. That was the reason the American Republic was created in the first place, was to overcome the abusive powers of the monarch, King George. And so we said we need an elected government where at least these people are accountable to we the people on a regular basis so that if we get a, a, a scoundrel in office, we can get him out of office. That's the republic. So by us empowering our president with the possibility to fix this problem all at once, we are empowering an elected official to fix it. And then if he abuses his power, we'll vote him out. And so that's the ultimate. So the other thing is, do I believe that he would do that? Not, not in the current environment, but is it theoretically possible? Of course it is. But it's already being done right now. It's being done but right now with people who are uh, totally unelect unelected, unelected and in the shadows, in the dark. And the enemy, because you can walk it all the way back to the British enemies, because right. that's why we have Nick Clegg controlling Facebook. I mean, so the enemy already has the technology. Correct. Yeah. So we need to change that paradigm. And this is a clean way to do it literally overnight. And there's never been, I don't think, a situation like this ever in the history of the world where the rights to a piece of technology were so in, uh, universal that you had a small group or one person controlling the, the information power for the whole planet. That's never happened. And so the question is, who should be running that? And my proposal is, it's we the people should be running that. And in this case, the elected representative, President Trump, is the executive who over the agency that stole the property. So he is the one to fix it. In fact, legally. he is the one. And that gets back to where what we have been saying for a while is that we are in a unique period of time in history. And don't think about history being your little lifetime, people out there. It's so much bigger. In fact, we're in a period of time that's bigger than a hundred years. Or this is a time of a millennial change. And we have a unique president in the office who has a unique skill set. He'll understand business. He'll understand your theft. Mm -hmm. He'll understand that control. Right. So, President Trump, you are the one. You are the Highlander. 
and your people are counting on you to make this decision for us. The IBM Eclipse Foundation is international. It is not national. It is not American. And you can see from the moment of their inception that their plan was simply an aggressive remote control of everything on the face of the earth that could be digitally controlled. So what we are dealing here with is the president could say now that he could get this license from Leader Technology and the president could say the new user agreement says no backdoors, no surveillance, no targeting, no attacking. And by the way, if you can't meet these standards, then you don't get to use this so this intellectual property, which you ha which is at the foundation of everything that you do. So basically their company dissolves. Also, he could say, and by the way, I want you to pay taxes. Also, he could say, and by the way, I'm going to take your cloud computing contracts, uh, Amazon and Facebook, and we're going to simply put it back into the military. And we're going to take the crypto keys, which are controlled by the Federal Common Policy Certification Authority Committee, which is nothing more than the IT heads of his cabinet members, and Trump can say, sorry, we're going to give the crypto keys to the NSA so that the military controls them. At that moment, he would have 100% control of everything in the internet in America, and pretty much the way that it stretches out to other countries until it gets to their borders. So he could, in fact, finally say to people, it is a lie that the internet is non-localized. It is a lie that no one owns the internet. It is a lie that the internet is independent and is run by artificial intelligence. All those are lies. I have leader technologies license in my hand and now I control the internet as we the people have already paid for 40 to 45 percent of all the lines laid down for the internet. So it is a lie that these companies own anything. They were DARPA projects, NQTEL projects, Department of Defense projects, they used our tax dollars, and then venture capitals came in, and basically it's the same old story. And this is the same group that is the high-tech cabal who stole leader technology's intellectual property, but has been stealing intellectual property since the early 70s when Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton started this in Rose Law Firm in Arkansas. So this would give President Trump complete control of something that they say there is no ability to control. Right. Which is a lie. But what we're seeing right now is that, that the social media platforms are going crazy censoring all of us. And I believe it's their attempt to try to get Trump to, uh, you know, say, you're a monopoly, we got to break up. you up. Right. And what we're saying is don't fall for it, people. It's a trick. Michael, explain why that's a trick and why it would benefit them. We've seen this before with the breakup of Standard Oil and then the breakup of AT&T. Uh, when you take a monopoly and you break them up, you have these broken these companies that you create, and they all have separate stock offerings. Uh, and who buys that stock? Well, the insiders who broke up were part of the original uh, uh, group. So you, you create all these baby versions of what was the monopoly. And then as we've seen with AT&T, they all grow. They all issue options to their executives. And eventually they start selling back to each other to the point where now look at AT&T, they're back together again. And so the, the monopoly, um, the, the monopoly uh, was maintained by the breakup, not broken up, but the problem is most of these guys who have developed a strategy know that Main Street doesn't understand that. 
to Main Street, break them up. Yeah, that makes sense. But it's it's counter logic. And so the other aspect of this that didn't happen with AT&T, didn't happen with Standard Oil, which we must insist happens this time, is all of those companies that are using our property uh, and the property of others uh, illegally uh, need to disgorge their profits that they have made from this stolen property. They, they don't get to just sail off into the sunset with all their cash. No. If, 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 if we're going to raise the consciousness of our uh, fairness, our doctrine of fairness in our government and in our republic, we need to have these people pay back what they have stolen. I got an idea for that. And it's real simple. First off, they haven't paid any taxes. Second off, they've had military contracts, which they didn't pay any taxes. And then they built the lie of cloud computing. It's not, there's no such thing, cloud computing. There are buildings with servers. We're going to seize those servers because they didn't pay any taxes. They will become our servers and then we're going to give them over to the U.S. government. Perhaps, maybe not the military, but perhaps another organization that can actually make sure this stuff is clean from now on. But it can be all ours. There's nothing. Amazon, uh, we should just seize it because it hasn't paid uh, U.S. postal rates. It hasn't paid taxes. It has done everything illegal you can possibly imagine. We can simply seize these companies because of their legal activities, grab their assets, and go on. Well, you know, you're talking about tax evasion or tax avoidance. If they're legally finding ways not to pay taxes, good for them. We need to close up those tax loopholes. But if they're outright not paying taxes, I had the same issue with David Brock. We have sent in notices to the IRS that David Brock needs to be audited. His his foundations are corrupt. And we've even received IRS numbers that show that we indeed filed a complaint. It has been years. It's not that difficult. President Trump, what is going on at the IRS that people like David Brock can get away with all kinds of tax evasion and the IRS does nothing? We also know that the IRS, when they make big snags, they like to get a little publicity off of it. So we will all know when David Brock gets seized and we haven't seen anything. I'm just saying. Well, you I know, mean, you know, it's the senior executive service. They're yes, hiding. They're hiding it. And we have filed and we have have a number and if the president needs a number to go track it to have his staff track it i'll put the number on the cat report well there's another key issue uh that's often overlooked when we look at these contracts that have been let to uh, the likes of google and amazon and that is something called the rep representations and warranties clause in these contracts that they've cut with the federal government and that particular clause uh makes the the uh provider attest that they own the property that they're using in fulfilling the contract. Well, what we now know is that they're all using stolen technology. And so their reps and warranties, which are probably in their agreements, are all lies. And this is specifically, I think, why the IBM Eclipse Foundation in their initial initial user license agreement uh, declared everything that they're providing open source. So they just one day, by fiat, declared that all this, the code that they've stolen from us and others uh, was open source. And so for those of us who've been around a while, we remember when open source was all the hot thing and everybody was uh, thinking that this was the new wave. Well, it's not. It can't be. Think about it. Anybody that's going to invent is not going to spend their hard-earned dollars and time inventing something 
only to just hand it off to everybody else on the planet and never get compensated. That's a stupid model. And, and But it's now taken off because people like free stuff. And so look what happened. Not only was the, were the contracts fake and the reps and warranties clauses were lies, which is fraud, they then turned around and said, okay, this product that we didn't pay anything to get, uh, we're now going to give it out to other people. And so that that you got free Gmail and you got free YouTube and you got free this and free that. Yeah, because if they diffuse their theft, then who's accountable? Right. They weren't collecting money from the theft, the, the stolen property. They were collecting money from the information they got from the stolen property. Right. And you were denied, and your shareholders were denied the benefit of the investments that they made. Correct. They didn't. They weren't philanthropic when they gave you the money. No. They were investors, and they expected a return. And they have nothing. That their government, our government, stole it. Correct. And at the time, not a single investor thought that was the case. Obviously, they wouldn't have invested. Well, this has been, I mean, this has got to be huge red pills for your shareholders to over the last year, two years, to see who was behind the theft of their property. It, it has been. And, and the other thing about this experience we've had with, uh, the, with the financing world is uh, in the early days, we, we had lots of conversations and met with uh, venture capitalists. And now what we see going back is that the venture capital world is nothing more than a theft recruiting ground. So what they do is they go out to young entrepreneurs, they listen to their stories, supposedly under secrecy agreements, which are a joke, uh, and then they pretend to help the entrepreneur. And maybe they do give them some money. But sooner or later, these VCs know that they are going to steal the property or get it legally or not, it, it, they do it both ways. And then eventually they're going to turn that property over to this this power group that's associated with the Office of Net Assessment uh, for weaponization. It's a, the, the, it appears that much, if not all, of the venture capital world is a nothing but a recruiting ground for these corrupt banks that are tied to these corrupt technology companies. And I want to make it perfectly clear what you had stolen, your IP, was nice and clean and clear. No surveillance, no backdoors, no zero days, no uh, mechanical engines riding on anything. So they didn't like that. They didn't give that out. They, they took your IP and made IP 2.0. And in 2.0, the open source, which they gave to everybody, said, oh, if you really want to come along with us in the movement of the high technology you need to have the same foundation of the open source IP, which we control. Of course, we don't own it because we stole it and we can never own it. But 2.0, we're going to say is ours. Right. And it's going to have all of the military backdoor stuff in it. Okay. Now, if you don't believe that, then follow this. In China, recently, Eric Schmidt said, oh, I didn't develop Dragonfly for them. Oh, 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 no, I did, but it's not going to be in place for 10 years. Okay, two years. Okay, I didn't do anything over there. Oh, we looked closely. What he really did was he took what was Dragonfly and made it into an open source code called Open Power, I believe it's called. And now anyone who wants to work in China has to get what basically is later technologies open source 2.0 stolen stuff with all 
the back doors in it. It's the Google version of Eclipse IDE for those in the programming business. Oh, you see, we can't. I, I can't say those things. <laughs> Interf- anyway, interface development environment. There you go. That's that's what, right. That's exactly what they call it. And what they do is now, Eric Schmidt says I didn't have anything to do with it. Liar. He developed Open Power and gave it to them, sold it to them, and now anyone who wants to do any business in China is under the controls of their surveillance targeting and behavioral manipulation that is built into their supposed open See, source what the, what, the, what they did was very clever. These these spies, and we now know where these spies came from. Uh, they came from uh, 100 years of uh, British attempts to dominate our intelligence companies uh, and intelligence environment. And so what they did is they devised a very scheming way of giving tools to programmers who are average Joes, who are probably moral people, have them do the the bulk of the programming and all of the nefarious layer that these guys manipulate is a layer down that the general programmer doesn't see, never sees. And so they use Eclipse IDE all day long and think it's a great tool, and, and uh, they don't see any of these back doors. They don't see any of that because that's another layer down that you have to have the keys to the kingdom to get into. Wow. So I envision in my speculative mind, when Trump calls the bigwigs from Silicon Valley, the cardboard cutout cyber warlords, I imagine he's going to take up your offer and say, look, I own you now. You're going to get straight overnight or you're simply going to fold and I'm going to seize your assets because you owe us so much money. Because I can determine how much you owe right now for the use of this all the way back to the beginning. So if he wants to turn around and charge anybody any amount of money to get that license agreement and to begin to use the that license as their foundation, which they have to, it's already built in just as you said and they don't know it then he has control over them. So we are hoping, Mr. President, we see no other way for you to get out of this mess you're in unless you fall into the trap of antitrust monopoly, breaking them up, and that's what they're all begging for. We heard Facebook come out and beg us. We can't control ourselves. We need government can intervention. I, can I point out a, 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 a dirty little secret of all these calls for breakup? Who makes the money in a breakup? Hmm. The attorneys. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So they love it. Mm-hmm. The Perkins Coys, the Gibson Dunns, the Skadden Arps of the world, they just make a ton of money in a breakup. And it's not just President Trump's problem, Douglas. It's all of our problems. Because if we do not take care of this, this is our moment in time, people. It has arrived. We must strike. We give President Trump this information. We trust that he will strike at just the right time, with just the right speed, make sure it's deadly, and we can take back America.